As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Ready to stand out, Army ROTC prepares you not only as a college student, but as a strong leader, allowing you to earn the rank of second lieutenant. You will be eligible for full tuition, merit-based scholarships, and develop leadership skills essential for your future. Start strong and enhance your college experience. Visit your campus Army ROTC representative today. To find out how you can earn up to a full tuition scholarship, visit GoArmy.com slash podcast to locate your closest ROTC program today. Army officers inspire strength in others. Paid for by the United States Army. If you prefer real mornings, shouldn't you have a real breakfast? At McDonald's, we get real about breakfast. That's why you can have a savory sausage biscuit with delicious hash browns for only $1.50. It's time to wake up breakfast. Single item at regular price. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. This is Joanne Jenkins, CEO of AARP. The coronavirus continues to affect us all, and we are here actively supporting you and your community. Every day, we're providing trusted information from top health experts, sharing tools to help protect families from fraud, and creating resources to support family caregivers everywhere. As always, you can count on AARP to advocate for you and your family. Join us and stay connected at aarp.org coronavirus. There's nothing more predictable in life than the unexpected. Lightning will always strike. Hail will fall on roofs. Fortunately, there's AAA. AAA has been helping members stay prepared for over a hundred years. So when unusual storms, fallen debris, or sudden leaks happen, you'll be covered. Check, check, and check. Get the home and auto insurance you need by talking with a AAA insurance agent today. Visit AAA.com slash insurance or stop by your local AAA store. As a small business owner, you deserve more. More confidence, more connectivity, more of the tools that help your business thrive. And at Cox Business, you can expect more from us. 
We don't just have sales reps. We have perfect plan identifiers. People who will work with you to make sure your business gets everything it needs and nothing that it doesn't. Your business deserves more. And that's why you can expect more from Cox Business. Call 800-526-8572 to switch today. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. In uncertain times, we could use someone to lean on. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma will stand by you with plan options to fit your budget. If you've recently lost your job, had a baby, or moved, you can still get the health care coverage you and your family need. Financial help may be available for those who qualify. Call 855-452-BLUE or visit hereforyouok.com to see if you're eligible to enroll. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma, a division of Healthcare Service Corporation, a mutual legal reserve company. The following program contains coarse language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space, and none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. Well, that last bit, there we go. Okay, I just checked uh, getting back up to that first step. Uh, it's uh, that doesn't collapse too far, but uh, it's 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's actually what we're going to be talking about tonight, assuming we're broadcasting. Hang on. What is going on? All right, there we go. Um, yeah. I think we are. Um, it just it doesn't register on one board when I'm talking versus when we're playing sound, so it threw me off for a second. All right, so anyway, that's actually we're gonna, what we're going to be talking about this evening. Welcome to the program. I am Rick Robinson. This is Juxtaposition. We are live on KLRM Radio, America's Podcast Network. And the other half of the crew with me always is Mr... The Opulent Amish, otherwise known as Ordy Packard. Um, you guys may or may not know him from behind your local Circle K. Or his local Circle K. Depending on whether or not he's doing road trips lately. I haven't talked to him about that. But anyway. Dot com. <laughs> Good evening, sir. How are you? What's going on? How you been? How was your Thanksgiving? It was actually really good. Um, don't have nearly the leftovers we normally have because we weren't hosting this time. But my son actually smoked a turkey and smoked... Some um, some pork, so needless to say, I had tons of smoked meat, which is bad for me because I could eat my entire weight in this stuff. Yeah, I, could, uh, I, I, I know the danger. I used to work for a smoke barbecue joint, so yes. I don't know what it is. I, have- I don't know what it is about smoked meat, dude. Once, once it's smoked, it's like, I, I just, it's like my crack. I don't know. It's weird. But anyway, yeah, sorry. It, 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 it's the smoke ring. It's, uh, you get that... You know, where it kind of gets right under the skin, and you get that layer. That's yeah, it, it's ambrosia. It's uh, if God has anything better, he kept it for himself. So Probably me, true. on the other hand, I I have plenty of leftovers because I, as I talk about, I, I cook for a lot of the elderly neighbors uh, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and this year because COVID is basically over, except for if you watch the news and um. So a lot of people went back to spending time with their families. So I didn't know this, that a couple of the uh, elderly couples that I usually cook for were going down to spend it with their families, which I think is fantastic. But I have a bunch of extra food. So I have got turkey and ham forever. But my favorite part of Thanksgiving, I mean, aside from the cooking, I love cooking, but um, is the first next day sandwich because I have – it's while still there's a little bit of everything left. I make a uh, turkey sandwich on sourdough. I make cranberry mayo spread, and then I put the sweet potato casserole on it too. Just killer. That sounds absolutely. Really, that sounds really really yummy, and now I want one, and I don't have most of your <laughs> ingredients, so I don't like you right now. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, because I don't do th- I, I. My mom makes a really good cranberry sauce and so it's got the cranberries in it and pecans and everything so you mix that with the mayo and you get kind of a crunchy kind of like a peanut butter spread but it's cranberry like a cranberry jam but with crunchy pe- uh, pecans pecans in it yeah yeah it's pecans sir not pecans, pecans. it's pecan pecan Actually, I hear it's technically supposed to be pronounced the other way. I just don't like that. <laughs> I, you know, it's I, it's, it's like when I'm talking about the beer, the triple. For some reason, I Belgium it up. I French it up and call it tripel. It's just triple, but for, I don't know why I pronounce it tripel. 
Anyway. <laughs> Things you always wanted to know about Ordy, but were too afraid to ask. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> so, we've been talking about this one for a while. Talking about doing it, not actually doing it. Yeah, no, we've actually teased this one more than once, and it's just one of those things where normally something else will come up, and we never really get back around to it. And this time we were like, hey, we haven't done this one yet, and we keep saying we're going to. And um, this will be kind of the primer episode for it, or primer, as Ordy likes to call it, because, you know, he likes to... Um, British, I like, I like he, to sex things he, up. he likes to Europeanize things, so... Yeah. But anyway... Because um, us Amish have class, damn it. Uh, well, that, that's a matter of opinion, but, you know... Keep keep turning your butter, just you know, not behind the circle. Okay. Um, anyway, um, actually, I was. This is something that I've never really been that into. And then when I started working with, at KOKC, the producer that I was working with the entire time I was doing the morning show stuff is actually an avid believer in the fact that the the moon landing was actually faked. And that was actually Ordi and I were talking. We're going to kind of do the overview of it tonight, um, kind of give you guys an idea of where we plan on going with it. And then sometime after the first of the year, I'm actually going to see if that former producer of mine wants to come on and actually share his views as well. Because, I mean, it is a fascinating topic, and there are all kinds of different stories, and we're going to get into a, quite a few of those. Of the reason why so many people, even today, still think that it never actually happened. Um, one, you know, it's like, I, I first heard about this when I was at computer camp in the 80s. So I, I had a really weird, when we'd be going to and from things, he would, uh, we had a really weird bus driver that would talk about a lot of the things we talk about on the show, UFO, Bigfoot, and he talked about the um, moon landing conspiracy. And I totally forgot about it until, you remember a TV show called News Radio? Had Phil Hartman and um, Joe Rogan and... Yeah, I uh, more than two. Any, yeah. Anyway, Joe Rogan basically played himself on that TV show, and he was talking about the moon landing on it too. And then that's around that same time, the movie Sneakers mentioned it, and I had totally forgotten about this one until that point in history. And then, uh, then I've been kind of keeping my eye on it ever since. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where I mean, and you, like I said, even today, it just keeps coming back up in. You know, people keep talking about it, and there there are entire groups of people that just honestly think that we never made it. There are t dozens of explanations as to why. One of the most common ones that I remember hearing about when it first came up, and honestly, this one, um, and this isn't in our notes, by the way, so just bear with me for a second, because this one occurred to me while we were spinning everything up. Um, this one, to me, is the most compelling, because it, it to me it explains why it is that we've done everything else the way we've done it since we supposedly went to the moon, and it's the Van Allen radiation belt, because there are plenty of people that theorize that human tissue can't survive outside of that belt or going through it. And the reason I say this now is because if you look at it, after the moon landing, most of what we've done, what, or what, we've, what we have done, I don't remember how to talk here in a second, has actually been in low Earth orbit. Anything that's gone further than that has been mechanized. Coincidence? Correct. Hmm. Just wondering. <laughs> that, yeah, I that that is one of the uh, I it is one of the big um, stopping points for uh, you know those who understand the radiation belts and where, where that's from is as solar radiation and radiate because of our magnetic field and the way things interact. There are three bands of hard radiation that encompass the earth there's the, the nearest one is actually the one with the hardest radiation it's the most deadly and then as you get farther out not so much but um 
Yeah. So, I mean, that is that is one of the things that people say, no, we couldn't have made it through there. But where this all started, back in 1976-ish, a U.S. Navy officer who works as a technical writer for NASA's Apollo Moon, Apollo Moon missions, a man named Bill Casing, said that he had inside knowledge of a government conspiracy to fake the moon landings. And many of his theories came from his book that he wrote, that this still persists to this day, it came from his book uh, titled, We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 Billion Swindle. Yeah, I mean, and well, I mean, the book itself is, is crazy. I mean, basically it lays out this whole template for the conspiracy theory and that NASA couldn't manage to safely land a man on the moon by the end of the 1960s, as President John F. Kennedy had promised, so it only sent astronauts into Earth orbit. Conspiracy theorists then argue that NASA staged the moon landings in a film studio, and that there are that there are telltale signs on the footage and the photos that give the game away, so to speak. They claim that NASA has covered up the elaborate hoax ever since. Now, the reason I bring this up, and the reason I thought of this, is we were talking about this it was a few weeks ago, honestly, because there was an act, there, there, there was a clip of one of the, the astronauts on a talk show who basically said, we know the truth and it never really happened, and he was actually referencing the moon landing. Um, I looked for that audio. I can't find it anymore, interestingly enough. So, I don't know. Was that a certain thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. It's like you know, one of the arguments. There, there's several main arguments that you know why NASA faked it, and you know the, the 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 one being because as our intro went in with Kennedy's speech, challenging America to land a man on the moon and safely return him by the end of the '60s, and that deadline wasn't going to be met, and that was kind of like you know this is how we're getting all of this money into nasa you know because of the public interest of wanting us to go to the moon public opinion polls are really high for nasa the other thing and this kind of dovetails with it too is that we were in the middle of a space race with the soviets and at the time we weren't really doing that well we were always coming in second you know as with the first you know probe in space the first orbiter the, you know, they beat us with sputnik uh they had the first man in space the first woman in space the first living being in space and it, but it's like i mean and that's where the news was focused where in actuality we were only at that time a few weeks behind them a month at most where you we would be doing the same thing and you know it was where they sent a dog in orbit we sent a monkey they sent yuri gear and we said and it just it, so we weren't that far behind, but it was a PR thing. And at the time of the Cold War, perception was everything, where, you know, it's capitalism needed to be communism. You know, and, and that actually became the basis for a lot of it, I think. And honestly, I mean, this is one of the things that actually fuels that, because, we, like you said, we were behind in the space race. We, we weren't used to being behind in anything. Um, and then all of a sudden, here we were, and they were basically one-upping us and beating us at every turn. The interesting thing is, and I know we haven't gotten that far into it yet, but you know, just just to say, just to let folks know, this does still persist today. As of a poll that was taken uh, recently, anywhere between five to ten percent of Americans distrust the official version of events reported by NASA regarding the moon landing. In the UK, a YouGov poll in 2012 found that 12 percent of Britons believed in the conspiracy theory. A recent survey found that 20% of Italians 
bastards. I believe that the moon landings were a hoax. While in 2018, Russia put the figure there as high as 57%, unsurprising given the popularity of anti- As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Western, Western conspiracy theories there. So the thing about it is, folks, this isn't just an American... This isn't just an American-grown thing. Most of the world, and at least a small percentage of them, believe that this didn't happen. What I find is interesting with the 57% poll in Russia is if anybody would know that we probably couldn't have done it, it would be them since they couldn't manage to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, they barely managed to smack an object into the moon and then you, but, you know, at the same time. And this is like, you know, again, they were beating us and everything but when it came to actually touching the moon they did it at terminal velocity not a gentle leaf landing like we allegedly did but you know and the interesting thing that you said when you were giving all those stats is that it was distrust in the official version to understand when this whole disbelief that we actually landed on the moon began you, you have to look at what had just happened is that the pentagon papers had just come out um talking about our involvement we nixon the watergate was going on at the same time it, it was just there was a lot of um shit dumped out where our government had been lying to us you know the gulf of tonkin all of the all of it was starting to eke its way out into the public and as we've talked about in previous shows too this was also during the mk ultra hearings and just general distrust in the government where it was like, okay, so here's this other thing. You know, the government's lied to us. We've just discovered the government's lied to us about all these other things. What else are they lying to us? And this was the biggest news at the time. So, I mean, even in 76, when this book was written, I think that was like only a year after our last, after Apollo 17. I remember, and I think 17 was 74, 75. So, yeah, it was right around there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it was right. Yeah, it wasn't too far off. So, I mean, it was right in that time. And, so the distrust in the government was at an all-time high. So it made perfect sense that this could be this balloon could be floated and it would be received. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it, I mean, it, I mean, you know, it, it did take hold around that time, and like you said, that was around the time that we found out about the Pentagon Papers and all the other things that were going on. So, I mean, sure, I mean, it, it makes sense that there would be widespread distrust. I mean, what's interesting to me today is, you know, some of most of these polls that we were just citing were from as recent as 2012, and people are still like, "Yeah, nope, didn't happen." And okay, so now we've got to get into why people don't. I mean, what's the evidence? And hey, there is a lot of it. A lot. That <laughs> I, it, it, okay, all of it has a plausible reason for it. But when you take all of it together, you can see how this has able been able to snowball through the years and continue because... It, you would have to know so much about so many things in order to look at it and go, okay, that makes sense. And there's still a few things that I look at it and go, you know, guys, that, that that's not you know, one of them. I mean, the big one for me, you know, the one of the reasons why this still sticks out as my, okay, not totally unlikely is the, um, and I kind of understand the reason for this one too, but it's my brain won't let me process it. A lot of the photos if you were to superimpose the background, it's like they reused. Uh, to use an example, movies at the time they would use a backdrop, where you know they would have a painting of a cityscape behind them or whatever, and they would reuse it a lot. Especially like in like Rome, would you know a studio would reuse the same backdrop of Rome over and over and over again to look like a forced perspective of the city behind him when they were really on a soundstage. In this case, a lot of the mountains and hills that are, even though they didn't land in the same places, look surprisingly similar. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's one of the more common ones. Um, because, I mean, it, it, it literally, I mean, it looks like it's, it's, I mean, if you've ever even been on a soundstage, which, believe it or not, I have been, you, you, you would understand why we're bringing this up because some of this stuff just looks, yeah, just saying. Now, granted, you know, this is back when cameras weren't high-res, high-definition, high only above, but still, just kind of makes you say, hmm. Just, yeah. And the other thing is the absolute, absolute amount of photos, too. You know, one of the things that people look at and, you know, the reason why they believe that, you know, is the, the number of photos taken, the amount of video taken, um, if it were one person doing it, and we do this, Brad and I do this a lot when we're doing on the culture shift when we're talking about minutes a TV show has been viewed. If it was one person taking these photos and not two and not everything, it would be two photos taken every three seconds. That's the equivalent of raw images and video that has returned. Yeah. So it's it's just a massive amount of data for people to go through. Well, I mean, and then there's the I mean, there there are all like the common reasons. Like my favorite one, and this is actually in one of the articles that you had posted, but I was already going to bring it up anyway. Um, my favorite one is the the iconic picture of them planting the flag, and it literally looks like the flag is waving in the wind as that. Not only as they as they're planting it, but once it's planted, and even in the still shots, you can see that it really looks like the flag is being ruffled. And for everybody that's like, 
Well, how is that possible? Because there's no wind on the moon. Now, there's countless, countless reasons as to why they've explained why that could have been a thing. But if you're watching the video, it just really kind of makes you go, hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and there, you know, and we we can talk about that after the break too. You know, the, a lot of the reasons why for some of these things. It's like another one that's just optically jarring is and lends credibility to the soundstage um, theory is there's a lot of lighting hotspots in the photos. And what that means is, it, again, if you're you know familiar with photography or anything, when you have multiple sources of light, sometimes you won't get them perfectly meshed so it looks like one. And so, like, a spotlight would be hitting on an astronaut, behind the astronaut, instead of focused on the astronaut. Because if everything was focused on the astronaut perfectly, you wouldn't notice it. So it's like they stepped out of their cue mark, and there's a flood, you know, there's a spotlight hitting where it shouldn't be, and those are called hot spots. And there's a lot of those in the images too. Yeah, I mean that that's one of the most common things that's cited is exactly that. It literally looks like you know they were having to use multiple lighting sources and they were snapping shots when people weren't standing exactly where they expected them to be. So then you have all of these what are called hot spots kind of showing up in all these photos. And anybody that does that kind of stuff is like that shouldn't look that way. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, and really, I mean, think about it. It really shouldn't. If the only natural light is coming from this, if the only light source that's available is technically coming from the sun or wherever they're getting their light source from, why would there be areas where it looks like they're getting more than one light source? Just, just you know. Right. And, and that, you know, and along with that, too, is the lack of stars. Yeah, it's in a lot of the high res photos, especially you know, the most famous one where you have Earthrise. Um, there's no stars in the image, and that's another thing that a lot of people go, you know, hey guys, you know, where's the stars? Yeah, I ha I had a uh, a copy of that photo in my room growing up, and that was actually one of the first questions that I always. And he, and my, when my parents even handed it to me, I think I was probably eight or nine years old. I'm like, uh, Dad, where's the stars? He's like, You want the damn picture or not, kid? Yes, right. <laughs> but still. <sighs> yeah, and, and along those lines, you know, one of the things in the photos is the crosshairs. Yeah, there's a lot of um, crosshairs that are. It's. When there's nothing to use a frame of reference, it this is used in it's used in um, panoramas and it's for helping to stitch photos together to make panoramas where they'll have crosshairs, especially when you're using stereographic cameras and so on. And a lot of them, uh, there's layers. It's like you'll see equipment on the wrong side of the crosshair. It's like a crosshair is on the other side of the equipment, so it's like that object was painted in afterwards. Yeah, it's like a good example of that. It's like you'll see two crosshairs, and then you'll see a lunar rover, and some of the equipment on the lunar rover is in front, of, perspective-wise, in front of the crosshair. It's like the crosshair is on the other side of it, so that rover was painted in the photograph or put in the photograph after. Or there's that, you know, big moon rock that had the letter C painted on it, like it belonged to a particular soundstage. <laughs> Yeah, like it was a prop um, inventory system. Yeah, I, there's a lot of a, a lot of questions 
have been raised and a lot of questions have been answered. We're going to be talking about those after the break too. Um, yeah, some of it too is just the unnatural slow walking. Um, it, that it's like that they were doing that purposely because they're on a harness in a harness to make it look like zero grav or low gravity, extremely low gravity. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't look natural at all when you look at the videos. Um, and again, like I said, we're just going to tell you guys what we think and then let you guys think about it for yourselves. But um, we are actually pretty much at the break now, believe it or not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we can hit on a couple other things, too, is, um, you know, real quick before we go to the break, is the um, the lack of, an imp- of a blast crater. As the Landos were coming down, setting down, their engines were on. And there's no dispersal pattern underneath the landers themselves. Yeah. So it's like it was just put on the ground there. And the other one, this one actually cross pollinates with another conspiracy theory is the unexplained objects that are in the visors of the astronauts. There's some things that just don't belong there. And some people believe that those are lighting rigs. And they very well. Yeah, could it's be. when you're on a soundstage, when you see they have those really bright lights, you know the the floodlights. Um, if they're off for whatever reason, it's, it looks like that it's actually reflected in the visor of some of the uh, in some of the photos of the astronauts. Yeah, I mean, definitely not the unidentified objects you would expect to be seeing in the visors. Just saying, right. just saying, and, and and also the footprints too. Yeah, it's um, yeah the. The landers left no imprint underneath them, but the boot prints are like too perfect. Yeah, you know who knows. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think I might I think I might be a believer in a fake moon landing by the end of the show. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Well, we're going to cover all these things and more when we come back, and um, yeah. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. Make yourself a drink, stretch your legs, smoke them if you got them. We'll be back in just a few. This is Juxtaposition. I'm Rick Robinson. He's already packed. It's Friday night on KLR Radio. We'll be right back. You're right here at home. Cause I'm a picker, I'm a grinner, I'm a lover, and I'm a sinner. I play my music in the sun. I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight toker. I get my love and I'm the run. Listening ALRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. 
Ready to Stand Out, Army ROTC prepares you not only as a college student, but as a strong leader, allowing you to earn the rank of second lieutenant. You will be eligible for full tuition, merit-based scholarships, and develop leadership skills essential for your future. Start strong and enhance your college experience. Visit your campus Army ROTC representative today. To find out how you can earn up to a full tuition scholarship, visit GoArmy.com podcast to locate your closest ROTC program today. Army officers inspire strength in others. Paid for by the United States Army. If you prefer real mornings, shouldn't you have a real breakfast? At McDonald's, we get real about breakfast. That's why you can have a savory sausage biscuit with delicious hash browns for only $1.50. It's time to wake up breakfast. Single item at regular price. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. This is Joanne Jenkins, CEO of AARP. The coronavirus continues to affect us all, and we are here actively supporting you and your community. Every day, we're providing trusted information from top health experts, sharing tools to help protect families from fraud, and creating resources to support family caregivers everywhere. As always, you can count on AARP to advocate for you and your family. Join us and stay connected at aarp.org coronavirus. There's nothing more predictable in life than the unexpected. Lightning will always strike. Hail will fall on roofs. Fortunately, there's AAA. AAA has been helping members stay prepared for over a 100 years. So when unusual storms, fallen debris, or sudden leaks happen, you'll be covered. Check, check, and check. Get the home and auto insurance you need by talking with a AAA insurance agent today. Visit AAA.com slash insurance or stop by your local AAA store. As a small business owner, you deserve more. More confidence, more connectivity, more of the tools that help your business thrive. And at Cox Business, you can expect more from us. We don't just have sales reps. We have perfect plan identifiers. People who will work with you to make sure your business gets everything it needs and nothing that it doesn't. Your business deserves more, and that's why you can expect more from Cox Business. Call 800-526-8572 to switch today. In uncertain times, we could use someone to lean on. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma will stand by you with plan options to fit your budget. If you've recently lost your job, had a baby, or moved, you can still get the health care coverage you and your family need. Financial help may be available for those who qualify. Call 855-452-BLUE or visit hereforyouok.com to see if you're eligible to enroll. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma, a division of Healthcare Service Corporation, a mutual legal reserve company. He's already Packard. This is Juxtaposition, and we are talking about the moon landing. Fact, fiction, believe it, not believe it. Whatever you choose, we'll let you decide by the end of the show, but we still have a lot of material to cover, so we're going to dive right back in, because there's a lot still. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't seem like there was this much when we put it together earlier. <laughs> there is, you know, it's like I was going over, you know, checking off the things we had talked about, 
And, you know, there's still, okay. Most of the original tapes from the Apollo 11 landing are still missing. And after years of searching, I think it was in 2009, NASA finally said we probably recorded over them accidentally. And it was in this, and the reason why it's only on this mission that it happened is that um, given the way they were trying to do things, and because this was, you know, live broadcasts and everything else, they pumped their telemetry down with their video feed, would basically. Um, and it was sent through Australia. And some of the tapes, because at the time that was the the best reception of the uh, um, the signal. Uh, As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When they were going to be get, you know, exiting the lander. So the telemetry and the video were all piped down in the same feed. And... Nobody knows what happened to it after that. And this would be very important. People who are working on the new programs to go back to the Mars, to, to go back to the Mars, to the, you know, like the Iraq, <laughs> and, but, um, go back to the moon are, they want this information. They need this information. This is vital information and they have no access to it and it's gone. I mean, doesn't that, I mean, you know, just asking the folks in the chat, does that not seem weird to anybody else? These, I mean... Yeah, and, ju and just that particular mission. I mean, there's other telemetry data that was received, but some of the most important stuff, and it's also, like, the highest quality of the video um, that came down. Because a lot of the video you see now is actually like, recorded off of the TV broadcast. It's not the actual high-res images that were sent back. And it's it's all missing. And some tapes that were found in 96 wasn't the telemetry data. It was just video footage. And those were actually found in, um, uh, I, I think, a geology department in Melbourne or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, you know, going back to the, the fact that, you know, the, the original tapes, nobody knows where they are. And then their their explanation was, well, I think we may have recorded over them. I mean, come on, I know NASA's a bunch of nerds, but seriously, 
and 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 that's why I don't buy it. I don't buy that answer because the single most important event in human history, the moment, the first time we touched a celestial body, and nobody just thought to save the tapes. I mean, I, I mean, I, I get it. You know, as a guy that's you know been part of several holidays and everything else. I don't always think about taking pictures, but I'm pretty sure there was somebody that was thinking about that kind of stuff, and, you know, they made sure they had the pictures. I can't believe they weren't smart enough to put them somewhere safe. Just it's insane. the government. They have entire departments of people who think about, how do we get this photographed? Yeah, so, I mean, but again, that that's pure government, too, because only government could lose... <laughs> That's well, these I, tapes. I guess that much is true, but you know, that, only that, government only government could set up the situation where these tapes would be created at the time. Now, Elon Musk is going to do it like tomorrow or some shit. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> it, only at the time, only government could do such a thing as create the events where these tapes would be you know, you know. available and then lose them. That, that's pure government. <laughs> The irony of that is, you know, you mentioned it yourself, there were probably six different departments figuring out how to take all these pictures. Apparently, there wasn't a single department figuring out how to keep them. Nope. Nobody sent a memo? <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> but, but going with it, that's just the overwhelming amount of other photographs and other things taken there. Yeah, But the one thing that had the telemetry data in it is gone. Yeah, well, I mean, all the other photographs are there. That 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 is kind of a huge deal when you think about it, though, because the telemetry data is kind of important, right? <laughs> and that goes with the, the okay. So the theory in and of itself is, well, of course there was an Apollo. I mean, we watched the rockets launch. Yes, you did. It's not that we didn't go into space. That's not the theory. The theory is is that. Instead of going to the moon because it wasn't possible, they just floated them around in orbit for a few days, and then brought them back. And the rest of it was filmed on a soundstage in Burbank, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Oh, that's my favorite part, is that it was directed by Stanley Kubrick. Well, and you know, that kind of tracks in that he had just completed 2001 A Space Odyssey. And but and those are the two arguments though. Is that it's kind of like well they got the reason why it looks so fake is because they got Stanley Kubrick. Meanwhile, you had Stanley Kubrick who had space advisors on his film, helping him make it look as realistic as possible. The only thing Kubrick got wrong in two thousand one was movement on the moon. Well, of course he got that wrong because it never actually happened. Yeah, and the, the joke is is that you know. Yeah, it was filmed by Stanley Kubrick, and it, that's why it cost $30 million. It was so expensive to make because he insisted on the realism of filming on location. <laughs> and being the asshole that he is, he destroyed the sets. Oh, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound like very far of a stretch, though, honestly. <laughs> not, not for Kubrick. But it, it's, and some of the things, too, is that, you know, well, Stanley Kubrick owned one of the cameras that was also used the type of camera that was used on the lunar landings. And they use this as proof that um, he, you know, that's how he got one of those cameras is because it was well known that these were the cameras that were going to be going to the moon. And how did he get one? 
Uh, well, he also bought one at the time, but it didn't come into his possession until three years after the last lunar landing. And he did use it to film another movie. I'm drawing a blank on the movie that he filmed with it right now. But um, he didn't own it at the time. Yeah, I'm not sure which movie that was either. I can't think of it. But I know I, I know what you're talking about, but the name escapes me. Oh, The, the Shining. Oh, Jesus, I shouldn't. That that was like low hanging fruit. I don't even know why. I didn't and also, that. and also, and also, it's believed that there's a um, a veiled confession in The Shining too. That um, the uh, uh, the the room number mm-hmm. uh, is um, a playoff of how many thousand miles it is. Room two thirty seven. It's two hundred thirty eight thousand miles to uh, the moon. The room two thirty seven. Yeah, two thirty-seven plus one. Anyway, so that that's believed to be a secret confession that um, he put into The Shining, as well as using the camera. Well, so. was it was it because it was supposed to be two thirty-eight, or was that his version of missed it by that much? No, it, it, the the um, the first thousand miles are the easiest. Yeah. So that that's yeah, yeah. That's anyway. That that's part of the theory on why. Um, you know, as part of the hoax is that that's the two thirty seven is a secret nod. You know, two thirty seven plus one. So now, in order to stop Jeff's brain from exploding, we need to cover some of the reasons why these. Sa- oh, oh, shit! Also, um, most of the blueprints for the Saturn Five are also gone. Well, that's not suspicious. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Grumman appears to have destroyed most, if not all, of the lunar manual documentation. Um, some copies of the blueprints of the Saturn V still exist on microfilm. And of the four mission-worthy uh, LRVs that were built by Boeing, three of them were actually went to the moon. The fourth one was used for spare parts to take with them after the mission was canceled. And there's an operational manual with some detailed drawings, but not the blueprints of them. We've lost the blueprints to America's largest pop bottle rocket. This is sad. (laughs) Now, we've talked about that in another show uh, when we were talking about um, manned space travel and how, you know, uh, a lot of the blueprints didn't exist for the early rocket system. It's uh, they a lot of stuff they were modifying as needed because it was so new that you know it didn't a lot of the, the the modifications weren't put into the blueprints rendering the blueprints useless so that's an argument for why they were destroyed because if, i mean they were building all of these parts custom it's not like again with elon musk where he's just churning these things out production style um these are all they were all bespoke for each particular you know Oh, well, shit, this didn't fit right, so we're going to adjust this, and uh, it's not on the blueprints, so just scrap. That, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Sorry, I was trying not to cough in your ear. Yay! That's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I was taking a sip, too, so to not cough in your ear. Anyway. So, getting on with something, and this isn't the, you know, this isn't all of the reasons either. You, as you said, this is a primer or a primer, so we'll, I'm sure we'll be getting to more later. Um, 
but some of the most obvious ones that are just science. It's a basic knowledge of science would squash the theory. Um, the one that sticks in my head the most is, as I had said, the boot prints on how they remain perfect. Well, there's no erosion on the moon. There's no wind. There's no you know. There's no water. There's nothing to affect the regolith. So it still has very sharp edges, and it has the consistency. You know, when you look at it, you think it would be like you know puffy, like baby powder. It's more like talcum powder. It's very. It's like wet sand. Where when you step in it, it's going to hold that position because all the sharp edges cling to each other. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, when you brought up the boot prints earlier, that was one of the first things that I was going to bring up, is it would it would be kind of hard for them to not look fairly pristine, since there would be nothing to impact them, really. Yeah, and there's no obviously no wind, no erosion or anything like that that's going to wash them away. But the point is, that, I mean, after you stepped in it, you would think that the dust would settle back in. Because, I mean, it is fairly light dust. It, and that's one of the things that, you know, like with how they couldn't have faked the lunar rover because the rooster tails that come off the tires, if they, even if they were to do that in a sound stage and pumped all the air out of it, the gravity on earth wouldn't let the dust fly that high. You heard Jeff's feelings. <laughs> you said the loose sand versus wet sand thing faster than he could dive it. <laughs> okay. I was like, where, where, where did I make? Yeah. Sorry. So, and the third one, while we're on that topic, um, the blast crater. Um, after the descent had been slowed, those engines didn't really need to put out much more thrust than to compensate for the weight of the lunar lander. And after it had expended most of its fuel and everything else, it didn't weigh much more than a 2,000-pound car. And in the low gravity of the moon... The engines were putting out the equivalent of one and a half PSI. You think about that. I mean, that's how light thing. I mean, these, you know, that's how little gravity there actually is on the moon. How light things actually are is that a two thousand pound car can be held to a near zero descent with a pound and a half of pressure per square inch. I'm telling you. So once it to the moon. once it landed, the the landing pads on the the uh, landers, they're about nine feet in circumference. So it, they're not making a huge depression because, again, there's, it's not, you know, there's no impact. There's no, it's just kind of set holding it there. And the movement of the astronauts walking on the moon put more pressure on the, the sand and the dirt than the actual rover did sitting on it. So the way that that weight was dispersed, it didn't need to press down. And there is still some some places where some of the later missions landed. You can see where the landing pad was is depressed beneath the soil, but not by much. According to Jeff, that much PSI would be the equivalent of a $2 Hummer behind Circle K. <laughs> About right. That's why I farted up to our resident Circle K expert. <laughs> so, what did you have? What were some of the things that you kind of, you're like, okay, that, you know. 
Well, I mean, we already touched on a lot of the ones that I had. I mean, I've got a few other ones, but my phone locked on me while I was trying to keep from coughing on the air, so hang on just a second. Okay. I'll go with it. Okay, the other one, um, the Van Allen radiation belts. This is the, this is one of the big showstoppers for people. In that, what I mentioned earlier, the hardest radiation was in the belt that's closest to the the Earth. And the travel time through it is less than a minute, if I remember correctly. When you're at full, you know, braking orbit, you know, when your main engine cutoff, when you're at your max speed... Your um, your time going through that Van Allen belt is actually quite limited. It's just a few seconds, and the the uh, alum- the metal shielding on the crew capsule, and it, it it's enough to block it out. When you get past the two further belts, the hard radiation is actually less, and while you're spending more time in it, you're receiving your total time in it at the speed you're traveling, um, and the width of the belts. You're receiving about as much radiation as you do at sea level in three years. Well, that's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, is you know a, a good another good example of that is um, the researchers from Colorado who went to uh, check out Chernobyl. Um, they received more radiation living in Colorado in the granite mountains there and in the flight. At, 30,000 feet going to Chernobyl then they were exposed to the entire time the badges that they wore outside of their radiation suits they were exposed to more radiation on their way there than the badges were exposed to while they were there so I mean that gives you an idea of how much radiation you take in just existing in normal life yeah I mean so you know this isn't necessarily one of the things where it's going to prove or disprove that we were there. I mean, because honestly, even if even if we as humans never set foot on the moon, I mean, we've been sending probes all over the place. But one of the ways that we know that at least something has been there is we now have laser rangefinders on the moon. We've talked about those on other shows too. So I just wanted to bring those up again because there's like little, and we've. I guess we we're concerned about the moon's orbit decaying or whatever the case may be, so they have ways to track it now. They have little, uh, basically they have sensors. They can hit it from a distance and it says, yeah, it's still as far out. So, I mean, we do know something's been there, but again, you know, and the reason I brought up the Van Allen belt is because, you know, ever since we supposedly went to the moon, the most we've done is send robots everywhere ever since. I mean, yeah, to me, yeah, it's, we kind of, yeah, it's kind of lost interest, and which is bizarre. Well, that's that's the weird thing, though, too. Why did we lose interest? I mean, we, and we've talked about other reasons why we may have possibly not necessarily lost interest, but basically we're told to stay in our own backyard by, you know, other folks. It's just It just seems weird to me because, you know... The American public has never lost interest in space travel. Look at all look at all the money we spend going to the movie scene about this stuff. Look at all the books we read about this stuff. And yet here we are in the twenty first century and we're just now seriously talking about maybe finally sending people to Mars. Hell we were supposed to be doing interstellar interstellar travel by now. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things, you know, the, the objects in the uh reflected in the um visors. Yeah, that's the uh yeah, people you you've got Two two sets. You got people who, well, three sets. You got the people who think, okay, probably just something else that's part of the mission, which was, you know, the 
some piece of equipment that we took with us. Then you have the people who think that soundstage spotlights, and then you have the people who think, no, those are alien structures, alien artifacts, alien ships, presence, whatever else. So, um, yeah, the, the, those are the three possibilities of what you see reflected in the um, in the visors. And, you know, a, a legitimate thing that people ask because they don't know is, you know, it's like, well, how did Neil Armstrong take the picture of Buzz Aldrin when there's no camera in his hands, and how did he get such a high-res image? Well, the astronauts had cameras built into the suit. And that's why you see his hand shadow in the same image is because he was operating the camera that was on his suit. He's not sitting there holding a Polaroid or, you know, a a really nice Kodak. (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, now, question from Ron in chat, and here's the answer. This is why even Joe Rogan has backpedaled a little bit on his belief that the moon landing was faked, in that until recently you couldn't really get good images but the lunar reconnaissance orbiter probe has taken some pretty good images of the landing sites you can actually see so well that you can see the tracks of the footprints and the tracks of the uh rovers that went off but again that that, that could be faked with modern probe technology. We're doing it on Mars. Are you sure? Well, I'm just saying. I'm, pl- I'm playing devil's advocate and giving, you know, some of the other arguments that, no, even with that, they, those could be faked. Now, it's kind of funny that you mentioned with the reflectors, and Jeff, you did have it correct. Um, they measure the moon's distance from the Earth down to one centimeter. That that's that's some size queen kind of shit going on there. <laughs> they actually referenced it in uh, one of the early episodes of the TV show Eureka. Uh, they they referenced the reflectors that uh, man put on the moon, and um, it was part of a mutually assured destruction weapon that was being developed at Eureka. Yes, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's it, it's not a well known thing, but they do exist out there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Eureka was one of the first places I heard about it, too. So then I was like, is that a real thing? Then sure enough, I went and looked. Yeah, it was. So. (laughs) 60s GoPro. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, chat's talking about the uh, camera on the uh, the astronaut's uh, um, spacesuit, and it's a, it's a 60s GoPro. Now, the one thing is, is that you know, the argument, why do the images look so bad when the camera that went there looks so good? Or Let me rephrase that. Some of the pictures look too good, is the argument. And that is because of the thousands and thousands and thousands of images taken. Um, obviously, the best ones are used in print. Now, one of, the, one of the arguments, and this is a legitimate one, this is actually where it's true. Um, there's a photo of... God, I'm drawing a blank on his name, and I'm sure Jeff can help me out real quick. The astronaut who was playing golf on the moon. Is that Alan Shepard? I think it's Shepard, but I'd have to look. I'm sure Jeff will correct me real quick. Anyway, um, the, uh, the, the it's actually used on the cover of a book, and it's very obvious that that photo was faked. And the reason for it is is that the actual images that came back look like shit. Shepard, yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, it was Alan Shepard. So yeah, it's the images that came back looked like shit. So, but they took some of the they tried to recreate some of the images from the video that was taken when he was doing it, and they just couldn't get it to look right. So they did stage that particular photo, the still, the high res still. They staged that. And but they've really admitted too. They said, "Look, we re- we recreated this because the images were just too bad, and this was too too good of an image to not have out there in the world." Well, uh, well, just credit where credit is due. It was actually a tie. Uh, Ron and Jeff typed it at pretty much the same time. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Yes, I see that now. Alright, well, believe it or not, my friend, we're at the top of the hour again. Okay, so let's put it to the chat. We can go a little longer on this. What do you think? With the evidence we provided... And and there is a lot of information we left out, too. We haven't even really gotten into the debunking, rebunking unbunking um, a lot of the information. Jeff says real with dots afterwards, so I'm confused by his answer. See, now, and you had mentioned it, and um, you know, one of the things was that it's not that we didn't go to the moon, it's that we went and we were asked not to come back. And that is... What you know, one of the things we'll have to do when we talk about this in the future too is Richard C. Hoagland and I mean everybody knows him for the monuments of Mars. But there's a whole lot of lunar artifacts in the photographs too that raise a lot of questions. Well, so far it's pretty unanimous in the chat. They still believe that there was the moon the moon landing was real. Sheep. <laughs> There are a lot of you know, like you know, a, a lot of questions still remain, and there's a lot of things that we didn't actually get into. But no, and it's I, I can see why I, I, I can see why people don't believe that we win. I really do. And the more you think about it, especially with like you know, a, a distraction from Vietnam, a distraction. You know, we we see the tail wagging the dog in the news every day. 
you know, just the absolute gaslighting. So, I mean, what better to, uh, you know, distract people from an absolute fiasco and, you know, just rampant government fuckery than, oh, hey, here's your opiate. Look, we're going to the moon. Well, I mean, it's not just that. Look at look at where we were in history, though. This would have been the perfect time to perpetrate a hoax like that because, I mean, you're talking about this is around the same time that the Cold War was really ramping up. We had the whole Bay of Pigs thing going on. There was all kinds of things going on. So this was a way to get the American people distracted and thinking about something else. Just yeah, and it, that and every at that point, you know, we're, we're talking about the Plastic Fantastic era of, you know, post-World War II, you, you know, consumerism, everybody had a television. Everybody had a car. Everybody was, you know, it's like you take the level of connectivity that we have now with the Internet. That was the level of connectivity they had that, you know, that where they had, they had reached that peak of everybody had instant information to the best that would be provided in the news. You know, and everybody had a television to watch the news. So it's, you know... Really, really easy to manipulate public perception. All right. Well, since we didn't do an R&W this week, what have you been watching? Uh, actually, I'm still watching Supernatural. Still watching uh, Deep Space Nine. I wanted to watch the new Dune. I'm pissed. Um, when the new Dune was on HBO Max, my sound bar went out. By the time I got a new one in, because I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to listen to Dune in stereo like a peasant. Um, by the time I got it back in, it's not on Max anymore. It's theater only. That's the problem with day date. A lot of people think, oh, you know, it's it's in the theater. That's only for a month, and then it goes strictly to the theaters before it comes back onto streaming. So, uh, and Brad and I talk about that often. But that's the downside of day date is that if you don't catch it in that thirty days, you're back to being a peasant. <laughs> Should have just watched it in stereo. No, what am I, a poor? <laughs> well, now you're somebody that has to, is going to get to see the movie for at least another month. Right, so that's what I'm watching. What have you been watching? Uh, actually, I have uh, I've been, you know, talked about this a little bit on Toxic. Um, I'm actually one of the probably the last people I know to do it. I actually have subscribed to the Peacock app, and I have a... Uh, I've always kind of had this Thanksgiving tradition. It started with sci-fi back in the day. Um, they used to show all the old Battlestar Galacticas during Thanksgiving. And I used to love to sit down and watch a few of those when I was younger. Um, and then they started doing it with the newer ones for a while. So that's kind of what I've been watching for the last couple of days. is uh, Because they have the miniseries for Battlestar and they have every episode. So I have been watching all of the newer Battlestar Galactica again. Driving my oldest daughter crazy. Your mother, oldest daughter that still lives with me anyway. Um, she's like, can we watch something else? No. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I noticed on Max, I didn't realize how many TV shows they have access to. It, there's good value in that. You know, yeah. it's, they've got a lot of um, a lot of sci-fi on there. A yeah. surprising amount of sci-fi. I mean, not just like Game of Thrones. They, I mean, it's like they've got um, all the new Doctor Whos from... Chris Eccleston forward. Uh, they've got they've got a lot. So I was really surprised of everything that they had on there. I thought it would just be like you know like Tombstone and the shit that they had that HBO produced. They've got a lot of stuff on there. I forgot that they well, they have the Warner Brothers catalog. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so. And then with Philo, the, and, new, the new TV service, because I'm about to tell my dish to go fuck themselves. Um, I've actually been watching the the 
last six episodes of the Whitaker era on Doctor Who. Um, just because it's Doctor Who, not because it's anything spectacular. If anything, this season they're, they're doing the whole spaghetti approach. Throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, it's just, yeah. They're it's doing the they're, they're they're doing the final defiling of the corpse that was Doctor Who. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Oh no, they're not done with it yet. <laughs> they're, 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 <laughs> no, I know. I, yeah, no, I I heard that uh, Moffat's coming back, which is either going to great be great or just make it. Yeah, see, that's even the, worse. That's the thing. A lot of people loved it when Moffat was showrunner. I I did it first. And then it just it it became let's tease let's tease the return of the Time Lords again and then not do anything about it every season. See, <laughs> see, I, I liked Moffat as a showrunner. Some of the best stories, especially during his tenant years, they they were absolutely brilliant. The thing is that he's the one who got Chris Chibnall involved in the show, and Chibnall is the one who has ruined. I, I even think Jodie Whittaker would have been good if Chibnall wasn't the showrunner because Whittaker was great on. Broad, Broadchurch. Yeah. So, and her and Tenet were great on that. So, I don't entirely blame her for, I, I blame the showrunner, Chimnal. I think that she has enabled it a little bit and encouraged it with Woman. But, um, I, I really, I'm laying a lot of this at the feet of BBC and Chimnal. Well, I mean, yeah, I, really I, mean, I mean, most of it's the showrunner. I mean, I think a little bit of a little bit of it is is Whitaker, uh, not as much. But I mean, it's not it's not even necessarily just the showrunner. It's the fact that you know, once um, the the previous Doctor left, whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, God, Matt Smith. Oh, um, no. no, Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. Once he left and went to work on that movie, he's like, oh my God, I have somewhere with a budget. So now all these fans are finding out that, you know, the show that they've loved and supported for years, basically everything from it's being funneled into other shit. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, right. what? Yeah, I mean, and it's just, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, when you, when you really, really like a show and you figure out that, you know, the sets are falling apart every five minutes and you're like, well, um, why? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, to me, I mean, that, that lets some of the magic out for me as well. Uh, but again, I think Whitaker had the potential to be a great doctor. I wasn't, I mean, a lot of the, like, the diehard Whovians were like, oh my god, they made the doctor a woman, they can't do that. That shit's never be done! Um, and, and then they did, and they're like, no. Uh, I didn't necessarily have an issue with it. As a matter of fact, they did it first with the, the big bad, so to speak, um, when they made the master, uh, Missy. And I kind of dug it. And at first, I, I really, yeah, and, I really liked Whitaker and, because I'd I'd seen her on Broadchurch, and then the first couple episodes in of her tenure, I was like, "What have they done?" <laughs> and there wasn't even really that much of an outrage about the doctors switching genders. That that I mean, you know, it's kind of like with the whole, you know. Gandalf be or um yeah Gandalf being gay. Nobody fucking cared. Okay, nobody goddamn cared that. Uh, so. <sighs> It's a fake outrage. It was a fake outrage. It was another one of those things. It's like, you know, like with Charlie's Angels and with the Ghostbusters 2016, you know, it's a year, you know, we're breaking your toys. You know, we're going to make the Doctor Woman. Well, we don't care about that. Okay, well, we're going to make her, you know, super feminist and we're going to destroy the Doctor with the Timeless Child. And, it, okay, no, wait, what? <laughs> so. Oh yeah, they're 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 double they're doubling down on that crap with the last couple episodes. But I, if in case anybody else is actually trying to watch it, I don't want to give them any spoilers. 
Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, I know you have to work tomorrow and I'm out of rum and coke, so I'm going to have to go fix that. <laughs> well, you get on that. So, uh, we are, we've committed to Fridays being our new time now. We were going to do it after the year, but it's our thing now. Well, it just makes sense because, you know, with Thanksgiving being on a Thursday and then, you know, it was just like, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I didn't really have the energy to even try to do a show last night. <laughs> Well, that would, you know, I was passed out by then anyway, um, which is funny because I didn't really have anything to drink, so it had to have been chis anyway. Um, yeah, so one other thing, important programming note, we've been teasing it for a while. Now it was officially announced, KRN will be doing our version of A Christmas Carol, December 27th at 8.30 p.m. You've got myself, you've got Rick, you've got Fu, you've got Mickey Blowtorch, Vincent Charles, Stoner Jeff, Jr. Lou, Fu, Brad, G. Wait, hang on. Uh, we've 27th or 17th? 17th, what'd I say? You said 27th. What the fuck am I talking about? 17th. There we go. I was like, wait a minute. I was told that was going to be on a Friday. The 27th is a Monday. What the hell's going on? Yeah. No, no, no. It's no, two no, days no. after Christmas, so what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, that would make no point. Yeah, no, 17th. And it'll be... 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. Um, and I, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm actually going to do this one this time. I didn't get a chance to do the World of the Worlds things because uh, for some reason I was thinking it was going to be a particular day that it was not, and I already had plans. And then the plans fell you, through, but by then they already figured everything out, and I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to try to mess that up. <laughs> anyway. And it's your question, Ron. By the way, how are you feeling? Um Ron, uh, it will still be every other week for now. Um, I don't see us going to every week yet, but you never know. We'll see. We have kind of toyed with the idea, but there's some things we have to figure out first because, you know. <laughs> well, well, first, when we did every week in October, that was exhausting. <laughs> that was just so much research. I actually kind of liked it, though, honestly. I did, too. I'm just... I, 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 Rick, I do three of those shows a week. We can fart out politics. <laughs> politics is easy. Lightweight. Real shows are hard. Lightweight. <laughs> anyway, yes, we are now committed to every other Friday. Um, that will be for this foreseeable future. Because um, honestly, I'm not sure I could do it every week either, as much as it's fun to pick on my co-host. Um, I would I would like to at some point just because I think it would be fun, but I don't want to I don't want to start doing them just for the sake of doing them, and then you guys be like, you know what, this show's not as good as it used to be. Right, and, and not just that too, but it really makes October that much more special when we do do it every week. You said doo 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 doo. Sorry, I'm ha I'm having flashbacks. My granddaughter has officially discovered Baby Shark, and we were listening to it on a loop last night for over an hour. <laughs> mm, yay! Anyway, yay. Good, glad to hear, Ron. I've been I've been thinking about you a lot. Ron's doing okay. For those of you who aren't in the chat, woohoo! Glad he's okay. All right. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, we are going to get well, out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, anyway, finish your sentence, sir. <laughs> I said my drink's running out, too. 
Alright, we're going to get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the rest of your Friday night. Thank you so much for joining us. I will be back with you. I keep trying to tease Tuesday, and then it just keeps not working out, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I know Artie's going to be back probably Monday. So, anyway. I'm back on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll see you during... Um, Jeffrey, you lost Wander this week, I believe. So, yeah, that's Sunday. Alright. Have a great night, folks. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.